Welcome to the Trust of Wizards podcast. My name is Chiritso Garbanzo. It's a special episode this evening. We're talking to Simon Reed from Quiet Marauder tonight. Hello, Simon. Hello there. And just to be fully transparent for the listener, I have to explain that Simon and I are not actually in the same room. We've been brought together by the power of the internet. Where are you actually physically speaking to us from tonight, uh, Simon? I'm currently in a mezzanine room in the top of my house in Cardiff. Right. Okay. Well, I'm in Cheshire. In case oh, you well, that's nice yeah, to know. So, uh, anyway, it's nice to speak to you. Now, uh, yeah. I've been listening to your new album, uh, The Crack and What It Meant. Yes. Uh, and it's not exactly your everyday new album, is it? It's 30 no. tracks long. And without giving away, I'm going to try and talk about the album with you tonight without giving away too many plot spoilers. Right, okay. Um, but like. without, without giving too much away, can you tell us briefly about what it, what's, what's it about? Well, so broadly, the idea started from um, an emergence in Kent of a time-space rip, uh, and that was the sort of genesis of the idea. And from that sort of stemmed uh, a sort of potential set of pathways, I suppose, for us to write about narratively. And we kind of chose to go with sort of dealing with some of the more boring aspects of what might happen in that scenario, like the economical aspects and sort of social ramifications and political um, and religious sort of iconography sort of coming to the fore and things like that. So it was sort of lots of different ideas all wedged into one storyline, really. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you said some of those things because those are exactly the same themes I, I picked up on and got questions for you about uh, later on. But okay. we'll, it, at the start, we, um, it starts with a man called Jeff, right? And yeah. we're going to play a song called The Discovery. Um, and Jeff is out walking his dog, mm-hmm. and he's the first person to discover this this crack. Um, now, That's right. what I've noticed in this song uh, is, is it, you've got part of the song which is where the story is kind of told or barked by the dog, right? Yes, narrated by the dog. Is is this a is this a musical first as far as you're aware? I think there's been definite forebearers for us of dog barking in songs. Uh, the Baha Men is one of my personal favourites oh, who yeah. let the dogs out. Um, there's many more and I think they're all could be mentioned but I don't want to show how how much I've borrowed from the past. <laughs> okay, so let's hear um, the song The Discovery. <laughs> Yes, That's right. Come on, let's go. Every morning, for 14 years, we walk the bridle path through to the stream. Over the mountain, near the picnic park, with the spring wood and in the swings. This morning was precisely the same. Left the house around a quarter to five. When we passed the Primrose Field, I could see that something just wasn't right. Just was going. I was saying I don't know. She'd go. I'd go. We need to get close. As we approached, just went wild. She went from barking to growling to scared. Tell the truth that pinch myself to believe it was actually there. 
so still Five feet off the ground was what looked to be a floating stone About the length of a double bed and the width of a femur bone I was going right on edge, yes, right on edge Jess was only gathering low I was going, we should call somebody, we should go Took a photo straight to Instagram, uploaded it, shared and embedded. Twitter brushed it off as a childish hoax, but my Facebook friends were more sympathetic. They were going, that's crazy, Jack, that's why I was asking what should I do. They were saying, call the cops, Jeff, the National Guard, some were saying we Sell it to the BBC News Sell it to the BBC News And that's exactly What I decided to do Discovery by Quiet Marauder there. So um, tell the listener who may not have seen the video for that song, tell them a little bit about that if you can. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the video kind of mirrors the song to some degree, and it's sort of around how the dog walker, Jeff, uh, finds this rip in time and space while he's taking out his dog for a, its morning walk. And then he sort of finds out via social media the best thing he can do is sell his story to the BBC News and try and get some fame out of that. And that's sort of the, the, the scenario in which uh, the rest of the album unfurls from, really, is that decision is made at that particular point in time. Yeah. And the media sort of speculation that surrounds that discovery. Yeah. Oh, because the, the, is, is there brackets in the album title? You, yeah, there yeah. has been a point. I mean, it used to be that way, and I'm not sure if it's ended up that way, but that's certainly how it was intended in the, in the, the initial sort of thinking about it. Yeah, because the album's called The Crack and What It Meant. But it's yeah. as you mentioned before, it's not really. I don't. It's not really about the crack. It's about how people react to it more than yeah. the crack itself. Exactly. Uh, so, and uh, so that's, in a way, that's why the parentheses around it, I suppose, were sort of intentional at the start. And I don't know if they kind of ended up on the actual album artwork and things. But to me, that's sort of it's sort of an inverted view of of what it's really about. I suppose it's the humanity of it all is in this parenthesis at the end, whereas, that, in fact, that's the major focus of it. Yeah. And one theme that, that you've already mentioned is is uh, um, the money and how quickly um, people... I mean, Jeff, to some degree, uh, is, is, is his first instinct... Well, his first instinct is posted on social media there, but, but then it's, it's kind of uh, thinking, well, how can he benefit or, or monetize this? And then that, that then... Is applied to a range of groups, from the tourist people to mm. the military later on in the album, and various souvenir sellers and merchandise, and and to some degree the the news reporter. Yes. So uh, was was that one of the themes you were mentioning about uh, you know, people looking Definitely. for money out of it? Yeah, and I think that's something that came through quite a lot. We we sort of when we've tried to do it live, we've uh, talked uh, a little bit about the economic section we're about to go through and how that might seem a little bit dull. But to me, it's a very important part of it. And I think sort of when we're 
we were thinking about how to critique what's going on in society anyway. It's how you sort of monetize everything that kind of happens and you absorb any kind of resistance from society by actually monetizing it and making it your own commodity to some degree. And so this rip in time and space that could offer lots of different narratives ultimately sort of focuses on one of money because I think that's sort of what commonly happens anyway. So it's more of a real talk kind of statement, I suppose, based in a really sci-fi world. <laughs> okay, well, I think on, the, on that theme, we should maybe hear another song because uh, um, this has got the lyric, lyric in it uh, where it says to compete and to earn and to capitalise. Um, it's called the executive summary. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, hear that in just a minute, but I've got another question I wanted to ask you about. Um, <coughs> people are going to hear uh, Matthias from The Burning Hell on this That's episode. right. Um, yeah. So, so you, you've, you've, you've got um, him as a narrator, right? That's right, yeah. So Matthias has very kindly uh, accepted my offer of doing the uh, narration on the album. And it was always sort of an, in, an intended component of it was to have that narration by somebody and we weren't quite sure who to do it but um having met Matthias a few times he seemed very malleable to some of the ideas that we were talking about and so I felt that he might be a, the right person to approach with this big Canadian drawl which sort of has sort of bassy resonance to it yeah it's it's he's got because he's got that deep baritone he sounds very authoritative he sounds like a believable kind of person he does. Yeah, he does, and 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 he helped in many ways to carve his own narratives a little bit, and I think that kind of makes it sound as authentic as it does when he performs with the Burning Hell. So it, I think it was that sort of element of the collaboration was quite worthwhile. There are some things he said that I didn't expect him to say after sort of submitting some of the ideas I had to him. Yeah. So so all the um, I know there's a there's other people in in Quiet Marauder. That's um, right. Uh, so is it co-written with you and somebody else or? Yeah, so there's there's two of the major songwriters uh, who sort of, I guess, form the, the, the genesis of each of the songs. And so there's myself and, and like a chap called Jonathan. And, uh, and so he sort of, uh, you can tell our difference in voices and those are generally the songs which we wrote. And so uh, there's a few of his on the album, like The Panic and a couple of other ones. Um, and so, yeah, his contributions are, are insane often and so much uh, musically different to mine. It sort of adds a lot of texture to the whole album, I think. And so, yeah, and then everyone else sort of contributes their own sort of ideas in terms of how certain harmonies and lines might work too. And so that everyone's got their own sort of input to that degree. It makes the world go round, they say. But it's more like leaving tracks in the soil. As currencies peak and trough, rise and fall, we spend. In our own bubbles, our incomings and outgoings, all amounting to figments and imaginations, and cartoon dollar signs in the eyes of suited men in far-off tall buildings. How they rush to sell and clamor to buy. How they invest stocks, shares, emotions, and lives. How their pursuits and entitlements outweigh every other. How they cajole and persuade and negotiate our will. How they maintain and cultivate the rules of inclusion and exclusion. How every threat is an opportunity to compete. 
and to earn and to capitalize. Then it's supply, then it's demand, then it's a cycle, give and take with two hands, then it's demand, then it's supply, then it repeats ad infinitum, then it's supply, then it's demand, then it's a cycle, give and take with two hands, then it's demand, then it's demand, then it's supply, then it repeats, then it repeats ad infinitum. Inputs, outputs, throughputs, extrapolation, hedging, income, profit, speculation, data, revenue, relative, interpolation, solvent, compound, bias, approximation, poverty, efficiency, boom into depression, elastic, four-step, linear recession, leverage, limit, logistic deviation, curving, symmetry, work simplification, Units, borders, shutdown, variation, mean, median, mode, integration, matrix, model, price tag, liquidation, cubic, delta, deficit, depreciation, end behavior, end behavior, end behavior, our end behavior, our end behavior, our end behavior, our end behavior. How long has it taken you to, to write this? <laughs> oh, wow. Well, it's, we started doing this after we initially released our first album, which is back in 2014. And so we've been sort of writing it uh, in a gradual way for a while. And there were sort of fits and starts in that process where sometimes it got left behind and other projects took um, sort of the lead over it. And then I kept coming back to it because I thought it was such a good idea and eventually managed to sort of get everyone together. And Matthias came on board quite late into that process, really, relatively. And so um, it was sort of, that gave it a bit of an energy spur as well to, to get us to finish it. Yeah, I felt the sort of pressure of having him sort of breathing down my neck, sort of saying, oh, did you manage to do anything with that? And uh, and so I kind of knew that I, had, I wanted to do it more than anything else. And it sort of, that drove it over the line, I think. Good, yeah. Well, because the, the reason why I asked about when you wrote it is because... Um, there's some of the themes uh, about the scientists and, and how um, society just seems to have a total loss of faith in science uh, mm. because it has not provided any adequate answers or solutions to the problem of the crack and also due to its failure to predict the crack. And that just reminded me of um, uh, that god-awful quote that people in this country have had enough of experts. Was mm. that in your mind at all? Definitely, very much so. And sort of, it's strange because none of that, none of this was intentional, but it did seem to coincide really neatly with Brexit. And some of those sort of themes were written in before I kind of realised that it was such a an issue that would burn in society so relevantly later on. It was kind of strange to see it kind of becoming relevant after the fact almost. Yeah, and that's why I think in a lot of the album, it's quite bluntly put because. A lot of the songs were written before, say, I could have referenced something more modern almost. Yeah. But I liked the fact that they were obliquely about these kind of things instead, um, somehow by accident afterwards. Well, uh, and then in the absence of uh, any answers from the scientists, a new sort of hero 
uh, appears um, uh, called Daniel, who um, is sees is very superstitious guy, probably religious guy who sees some kind of cosmic significance in uh, in in uh, every coincidence and hears voices. And uh, uh, where did it, where did he come from? He's kind of figment. So. Johnny sort of crafted that character, the uh, the co-writer, and so, and in many respects, it's sort of a the song, the, the song which uh, emerges as his genesis, which is Daniel dreams of other dimensions. Although he's referenced in songs before that, it's sort of we sort of come on to him and focus on him at that stage. It's kind of at a stage where he's he's beginning to see how he's vindicated by the emergence of something quite random which he'd been saying had been around for years. Yeah. And it's that kind of level of vindication in the climate of a social media kind of driven age where you can become famous for having such things happen. And even as a tramp on the street, he knows that he can also do that. And so a lot of his intentions, whilst benevolent in many respects, are kind of driven by the same darkness that drove Jeff and the same darkness that drives Morse and Wells to transfer from BBC to ITV ruthlessly and uh, things like that. And and so everyone's got the, a way of trying to, I suppose, monetize something in some way or capitalize on the opportunities that are there before them. And I think that's kind of the theme that keeps coming back. It's sort of how do you treat those opportunities if you don't just snatch at them? Yeah. And the, the, the way he becomes very quickly, he becomes a, sort of a leader, a cult leader. Um, mm. That reminded me a little bit of the sort of near the ending of the Who's Tommy, where um, they've got, uh, the holiday camp set up and the hero worship of Tommy and and uh, the song Sally Simpson and off that album and uh, um, was it was that was that something you 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 were a fan of or or not? I wasn't well I've seen it right it wasn't it's something that I remember from watching quite a long time ago probably when I was high in my twenties something like that and uh, to see it, maybe it stuck with me and I suppose like in many respects like the idea of this album is quite similar to a, a rock opera in many respects. It's kind of it is meant to be a kind of musical. It's more like musical theatre to me, but I can see how it could be compared to um, the, those kind of things. And so, but like Tommy, uh, it may have been an indirect influence on me. But my kind of major sort of idea was Russell Brand when I was thinking about the Daniel character. Yeah, it's <laughs> more that. about from the But then he was not so much like he was a tramp. But it's just more about that level of charisma. And also the events where everyone believed that Russell Brand could change the country and everyone was on his side. It felt like in our own echo chambers, like this was an amazing thing that was going to happen. Yeah. And then, uh, nothing really happened. Yeah. And that, that, that sort of, I, I kind of like the disappointment of all of that, I think. I think it's good that it's documented. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the after uh, Daniel starts talking about um, the crack and talking about um, something called the glow, then people mm. come from miles around, paying through the nose for the privilege to camp there, and uh, um, uh, people with illnesses and disabil disabilities. Um, uh, and I mean, I, I don't know if you've ever been to somewhere like Lourdes in France. Yeah, I was kind of thinking about that. I haven't been there, but I've, I've I remember hearing about it and seeing videos of it. Yeah, I went there. Not, I didn't go there to go to Lourdes, but I was in that part of France, so I went to visit and. Right. I found it pretty obscene that just because someone claimed to see a Virgin Mary in a cave 100, 200 years ago, then there's all kinds of people making lots of money out of um, encouraging people to go there because they're going to be cured. 
Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I think capitalizing on people's faith is kind of, or any sort of vulnerability, it seems particularly unfair, I, I guess. I, I suppose in a way, also there at the same time, I was trying to sort of point the finger everywhere and say everything's kind of this, some form. We're always negotiating some level in that spectrum when we're engaging anything capitalistically. But also how impossible is it to not do that? It's just the fundamental sort of flaws of everything that we stand on uh, sort of there before us, but we can't do anything about it. Yeah. Um, so apart from yourself and Jonathan and Matthias, um, who else is uh, is playing on the album or singing on the album? Well, also playing on the album, we've got Ian Williams, who is uh, also in a band called My Name Is Ian, which is an amazing band. They're also out on tour of us with The Burning Hell later in the year. And then um, we also have um, contributions from a chap called Matthew Pastanakayevich, and who's added most of the samples and various other bits. He also used to be our tenor horn player, but he's uh, put that down. He's retired from the tenor horn. And uh, we have uh, Francesca Demek, who's in uh, a band called Francesca's Word Salad, uh, who are kind of awesome and uh, use plate, paper plates quite a lot of the time as bandmates. There's not really a band, it's just paper plates. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, also Kadisha Dreja, who's got lovely backing vocals, and John Whittles on drums, and Rowan Liggett on bass. I think that's eight of us in total. So wow. <laughs> I think that, I've covered everybody. Is that similar to what you'll be playing with on tour, or is it a cut-down version when you go? No, on? so we're going. the only people going on the tour with us will be me and Ian, and we're going to do a duo show, which is kind of a, an amalgam of our two bands' sets. And so also involving some of the crack songs too. Yeah. And so it's sort of an opportunity for us to showcase a whole heap of material that we don't normally get to showcase um, and also make it financially viable to do so. Yes. Yeah. And will Matthias be uh, appearing with you as a narrator? He will indeed, yeah. So, I mean, what we normally do is um, play, like I say, a couple of songs from each of our sort of standard sets and then the rest of the sets dedicated to that album of the crack. And then on particularly on the, the Cardiff show on the Monday on the 24th, we're going to do sort of a, a longer set purely with the full band and and have the whole sort of album more or less, or at least key extracts dictated for about 35, 40 minutes or so. So it's about two thirds of the album anyway. OK, um, so near the end of the album, uh, you have the song uh, Blessed Are the Discredited, mm -hmm. um, which uh, reminded me. That reminded me a bit of some Burning Hell songs, as as well as reminding me slightly of uh, the Galaxy song from the end of The Meaning of Life by um, Monty Python film. Right, right. It's, and, and it's one of those great songs that kind of seems to put everything back into perspective after yes. all of the uh, minor uh, trials and tribulations of the characters in the in the film earlier on. In the, in the book, in film? In the mm. uh, album earlier on. It feels like a film, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every hunter, every forager, every hero and coward, every mother and father, every hopeful child, every inventor, every explorer, every daring sinner, every superstar, saint, and every supreme leader, every king, 
Every peasant, every creator and destroyer, every accountant, surfer, murderer and lawyer, every hand-holding couple, every corrupt politician lived their lives out here on a speck in a sunbeam. Life's nothing without a creed, without following the tracks of those in ignominy. Life's worth nothing without making mistakes, without falsified theories and disproven fakes. Life is nothing without history's nooks where paradigms fell and empires shook. Life is nothing without circumstance, without forceful will and random chance. Life is nothing without those who choose not to forget the failed, the dishonored, and the discredited of. That's us there, that pale blue dot. Everyone you've ever known, everyone you've not. The combined aggregate of our joy and our suffering, every religion, ideology, and economic doctrine. Life's nothing without belief, without doubt, without ambiguity. Life is nothing without loss and gain, without fear and comfort, freedom and restraint. Life is nothing without taking a stand, without inquisitive minds and impossible plans. Life is nothing without shared memory, without self-awareness, without uncertainty. Life is nothing without those who choose not to forget. The failed, the dishonored, and the discredited momentary master, every guide and moral teacher, every academic, hypnotist, and passionate preacher, every follower, every friend, every thief and tyrant, every dreamer, dancer, victim and complainant, every priest, every magician, every vagrant and soldier, every cousin and uncle, every media mogul, every lover, every actor, every nurse, and every patient lived out their lives here on a speck in a sunbeam. Anything else you can add to Blessed Are the Discredited we've just heard? Yeah, well, I, I'd like to sort of uh, give a prop to Carl Sagan, my main man. Uh, he's sort of uh, inspired quite a lot of the lyrics there. So, um, yeah, and I, I agree, it's sort of the, there's a big influence from the Burning Hell, obviously. Um, I think I've been influenced by them for a long time anyway, so it makes kind of sense for that to happen. <laughs> okay. So, so before this album, I, I, you've made a few other albums, and and some of those have been uh, quite long involved um, processes yeah. as well. You made an album called Men, right? That had more than a hundred tracks on it. One hundred eleven, yeah. Uh, we the, we already heard that there was a an album with a hundred songs on it, and so we were initially aiming for that. But I said I wanted to break that record. Right. And, Who did and the album then... with a hundred songs? Uh, I think it was uh, another chap in Wales, actually, and I can't remember his name. I've met him since, and then he was talking about how annoyed he was that I had broken the record. And, uh, but then it's it's a record that doesn't really exist in any like proper format, so there's no real award for having it. We tried, to, uh, I think, to get it in the Guinness Book of Records, but uh, they said they weren't monitoring that particular record at this time. Right. Okay, well, that seems... Uh... 
bit yeah. uh, bit remiss of them. Um, I know. And um, I haven't I haven't haven't uh, got a song to play off that album. But what I have got, which we'll play in a, in a moment, because if the, if that if the song titles on the album are a fraction as good as the actual album, then it's it really is something. So yeah. I've, what I've got, which I'm going to play next, is a recording of radio newsreader and friend of this podcast, Victoria Meekin, reading some of those song titles. The internal monologue date. Jogging girl. Pretty girls are pretty. Love is a two-racket sport. Accidental voyeur. I won't move a muscle. Macho love. I'm sorry I removed your eyes. It wasn't me, it was the moon. So it went like this. I promise I will not murder you. Fresh follicles. The pestle, the mortar, the memory. Daddy's watching slugs. I hope this is a dream. Completely, maniacally happy. Prime Ministers, 1952 to present. Cameron? I want a moustache, damn it. Tesco terrorism. Holy hell, it's cold. Postcards from a lunatic. This is odd. Lewis, what's that scar? Eggs. Every last dinosaur. Please tell me, how are you? Life is shit. Let the crisis commence. I'm Beau Brummel and I'm just dandy. Gary. Sad Spanish eyes, Rodrigo. Do androids dream of electric nonsense? Everyone's gone. Leslie Grantham's back in Boyard. Wake up Bono. An ode to the gastropub. A nappy and a nosebag. Hey there, fantastic tramp. I took some pills I found on the floor. You're getting dressed in the dark again. Why are you smoking weed? It's kicked in. The Richard Dawkins conundrum. The day the animals went fucking crazy. All the animals are spying on me. The tortoise is a complete cunt. The Lady Garden. Clever quote from Mark Twain. Tyler's plan. I need to stop thinking. I believe in eyes. I took a match to the Christmas tree. Why is nothing ever easy? This is not a war. A confession from patriarchy. Every time we think of one another, a petal falls from the flowers on our graves. I remember, but it's vague. Hello, the robotic singularity. Humanity's final hour. Fly up and explode. SOS. Welcome home, quiet marauder. So you, you've also done an album about Alan Shearer. That well, right? that, was more of a, that was more of an EP, and yes, but it was our first ever release. We didn't have a label at that stage, so this is a, a self-made effort. It sounds a bit shoddier than the others, 
uh, I think in uh, ideas, it, I'm pretty proud of it because we uh, reimagined Alan Shearer after his punditry on BBC's Match of the Day as being a time traveller who then uh, permeated all of our memories and eventually died in the Cold War in 1985. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, that sounds worth a listen. Yeah. It's only five tracks long, so it doesn't take too long. I mean, it's much shorter than the Men album. That's about five hours. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you should be okay with Alan Shearer as a, an intro. Is Alan Shearer aware of this? I tried to make him aware of it on Twitter very, <laughs> very, very seriously. And uh, I contacted all of his Newcastle teammates from the era of the 90s. And Warren Barton was the only one who liked the tweet. No one even <laughs> replied. Right. Well, good for Warren Barton. Maybe, maybe, yeah. is he, is, maybe he's um, waiting for the, an album about him as well. Yeah, maybe. I mean, there's. I think there's an album there. What was it about Shearer that made you uh, choose him as opposed to any of the other pundits? It's funny. One of my musical friends down here called John Mouse asked me that uh, question. I didn't really have an answer apart from when I saw him interviewed once when he was playing for Blackburn Rovers on uh, f f Football Focus, I think it was. He said he was asked what he had for lunch before playing for Blackburn, and he just said chicken cheese chips and beans and I thought that's an amazing four-word answer or five words if you include and but I mean that's it's, it's beautiful so um and I remembered that and I kept seeing him pop up through different parts of my life and he'd be in different positions and I, so uh, my second favorite memory of him was him reading from his own autobiography on the Sky Sports News and it's it sounds his biography sounds really boring be written I assume because it's written by him. Yeah. And then when he's reading it, it sounds even more boring. And it was probably one of the most boring clips, but funny for me uh, at any level I've ever seen. Well, he does have a reputation for being boring. When he when he won the title, when he was a Blackburn player, somebody mm. asked him, how did he celebrate? And he said he creosoted his fence the next day. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, there's that level of sort of tedium of a man that made it, Kind of the, the contrast with him being the time traveler that exists as a hero in our in all of our memories, and then I suppose against the fact that he was a, a hero for England's sort of uh, goal scoring football team and his, his heroics in the year 96. Alan, what did you do today, Alan? Alan, what did you do today, Alan? Alan. What do you do today, Alan? Chicken, cheese, chips and beans. Alan, what do you do today, Alan? Alan, what do you do today, Alan? Alan, what do you do today, Alan? Chicken, cheese, chips and beans. Alan, what do you do today, Alan? Alan, what do you do today, Alan? Alan, what do you do today, Alan? Chicken, cheese, pounds and beans. Alan, celebration, Alan, Alan, celebration,
couple of questions for for you which are questions that we ask everybody we interview uh, okay. the first one is our breakfast question so mm. you have to imagine you're in a um a cafe uh, okay. and you're ordering some breakfast you you get your choice of tea or coffee that's already, right. already yours and you get some toast and you're right. then allowed four other items what what will you choose okay so i would have hash browns i'd go for some so, am I allowed to have hash browns? Well, well um, how many hash browns? Uh, what is that? So, is, does it, if I have hash browns more well, than one, four hash browns, that's four. that's all your food. If I okay, so I'll just have one hash brown then. Okay. I, I want a variety of foods, <laughs> and so I'd then. Uh, well, am I allowed what, like one bean or one tin of baked beans? No, no, that would that would be silly. Okay. A, a, a portion of baked beans, yeah. Okay, that's fine. I, I'm just trying to measure out how this game works. Uh, it could be like a complete riddle, you know. If I, I'd end up with one bean, one hash brown, a mushroom, and a sausage. Uh, no, a, portion of, a portion of a portion of of mushrooms, if if that's what you want, or yeah, yeah. I get a hash sausage. brown, mushrooms, beans, and a, a a vegan sausage. Okay, okay, good choice, good choice. And the last question then uh, is. Um, one that um, th there are two other wizards who do this with me, but the th and the one thing that uh, causes the biggest divide between the three of us really is uh, whether cricket is fantastic and right. really really good, or whether it is that's what the other two wizards think, or whether it is as I think just a load of old bollocks. So right. where, where do you stand on that? Well, I have to say I I think it depends on the format of cricket you're talking about. Ooh. Which probably puts me in the other camp. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. What what format would you approve of? I, I quite like the old Test match cricket. You know, I, I like it when it goes on for days and days. I like getting lost in things for a long time. I Sometimes see that. Like coming out. I, I'd like them to be longer. Right. Yeah. Okay. Maybe hundred like like and eleven days, like your hundred and eleven track album. Yeah, I think half a year would be a good. It's a bit like Love Island, then, isn't it? But it's just <laughs> people playing cricket. Yeah, yeah, more gentlemanly. Yeah, just a lot more gentlemanly. Yeah, yeah, and with with uh, a fair amount less, um, well, snogging. Yeah, and you to see, yeah, most of the time. Yeah, um, right then. So, um, if people want to buy the album, it's not it's not out yet, is it? Uh, it's out it at out? the end of this month, at the end of April, so twenty sixth of April, and but it can be pre ordered via the Bubble Wrap Collective. .co.uk website okay. um, and also from us at gigs later in the year, although it'll be out by then anyway, so you can get it from anywhere. Yeah. And um, and yes, uh, we're also going out on tour later in June with uh, The Burning Hell. Okay. And my name is Ian, but that's all worth remembering. I think there's uh, about five or six dates um, just before Glastonbury and uh, one afterwards as well, so it's that week. Is that because we'll be you're playing Glastonbury? I, I, I'm not playing Glastonbury. I don't know anyone. It's just around that time so yeah. everyone can get a time reference. Okay. <laughs> yep. And uh, where, where can people find you? Where's the best place for people to find you on the on the internet? Uh, well, we've got a website, quietmarauder.co.uk. Um, also at the bubblewrapcollective.co.uk, there's an artist page for us there. 
um, and that's the easiest place to find all the music related and things. We also got a YouTube, um, which is just on Quiet Marauder too. That's got all the videos from the album so far, some of which Matthias are in and a couple without, but um, that's the nature of the beast with us, ruthless. Okay. Right, well, thank you very much for talking to us this evening, Simon. And, no uh, problem at all. with the pleasure. album, and uh, I'll hopefully catch you on the tour. Thanks so much. Yeah, yeah, take care. It's been a pleasure. Hey,